0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. Now here's David
1: Tuttle and Astro's master of banter, Blummer. Is that a good way to start the podcast? California is yeah, so way worse than Texas. It. We, we might cut that part. <laughs> that's yeah. not getting edited out. Wait a second, and I'm wearing a. And, and
2: how many going. ways can we count <laughs> that that's to right. be true? I'm kidding. A I'm, a, I'm a native Tax. Californian, but I, I claim Tax. Texas. Yeah. Well, now you I, do. I would say I claim it in so many ways <laughs> now, too. Yeah.
1: The nice thing about being from everywhere is you can kind of like piecemeal it together. We were talking about a sliding scale earlier. It's like. Hey, I'm just going to uh, I like California cuz we have the beach and surfing, but you know, from taxes it sucks. I want to live in Texas for that, so it's like I get the best of everything.
2: Well, I always get the question, you know, are you from the South? Because I have a little bit of like a lazy drawl in my in my voice. So I've been getting that for years. And I'll say, "Yeah." And they're like, "Oh, what part?" And I'll go LA. And they're like, "Louisiana?" And I go, "No." So I go Los Angeles, Southern California. And they're like, "No, no." But it's funny California. But what made me think about it was is, you know, you know, you pick up on all the various places you've been throughout your life. But how about some of the roommates you've had? Like I roomed with a guy from Alabama for two years, and I think I just absorbed his accent. You know, I've tried to deviate from it and get off it, but man, it couldn't have worked out better for me now broadcasting for the, you know, Houston Astros in Texas, and I got that little bit of a drawl.
1: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think it's so funny. And I don't know if, Mark, you could probably attest to this being um, of Puerto Rican descent, but also native Texan, is that I feel like everywhere you go, you can kind of pick people's accent. You know, we make fun of Boston, right? No, my, Garcia, para like the way they go. And then <laughs> I, my buddy from Chicago says pop all the time. You know, do you want to pop, a soda pop? You're like, what? I mean, like, there's just these, but Southern California is one of those, like, I mean, Blum being from Southern California, we're all kind of slow anyway. I don't mm-hmm. mean necessarily slow mentally; that could be debated. But um, we'd like to call it laid back. Yeah, laid back. And there's comedians that have made fun of but that. But it's slow. You know, <laughs> it's slow, and so that can be, like you said, interpreted to be a drawl, just because you're kind of, you know, yeah, just yeah lazy we went with out it. and yeah, you're lazy with it. But I mean, would you say Ramos that you can kind of piecemeal accents from all over? But not so much California. It's hard to tell a Californian or no. Is there are there other ways? Unless they're like really exaggerating it or it's part of a comedy skit or something, you know. (laughs) Other like like this and Mm -hmm. like the the Saturday Night Live version or whatever, but (laughs) I think you should go
0: home now, Devin. There's nothing going on, Stuart. I should go home. Get back on San Vicente, take it to the 10, then switch
1: over to the 405 North, and let it dump you out into Mulholland, where you belong. Oh, right. The, take the 210 like so? to the 480. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah but there's also the 210 to the... But there's like words too, right? Like that, like calling your freeways by numbers instead of like Katy Freeway and all that kind of stuff, or saying like all the time. Like Texas, mm-hmm. it's like y'all. If you say if somebody says y'all, you're like, oh, what part of Texas are you from? Um, it's funny because Tuttle being from NorCal, I don't know if you know this, Marco, but I learned it when I went to uh, school. Other than actual school, is that everybody up in Northern California was like instead of saying that oh that was crazy cool or that was, you know that or like in Boston like you said that was wicked you know whatever it's like hella, everything was hella that was hella cool oh that was hella messed up you know it's like i, I never understood that one
1: i never adopted that one word i mean and this goes back to what you said about roommates you know i had a roommate from alabama in instructional league and i could barely understand him. It. it was like watching british <laughs> television. <need> a translator <laughs> yeah and then i slowed down you know i'm talking on the phone mm-hmm. with someone that i met in alabama and all of a sudden i'm like hey how's it going <laughs> and then you you do you kind of uh mirror what you're hearing but for me the uh the y'all is actually the best word I've ever adopted. I say y'all and it throws people off, but I, you know, being from California, because it's easier. Why I say you it's super all, super effective, like it's, yeah, yeah. It's a really quick. It's like why we have nicknames for everybody. Like you combine these two words, you can say y'all, and everybody understands what you're, who you're all talking y'all. to. Yeah, all y'all. There you go. Ram shirts, shirts, baseball, baseball y'all. Baseball y'all. Baseball y'all. Marketing. shirts, Baseball y'all.
2: Dude, I don't anyway. know. Did you see that, Marco? Uh, she actually got my triplets on her website now. They, they modeled a t shirt for her. Oh. We need something. Yeah. I mean, Bleacher Blums is cool and all, but we don't have like yeah.
1: Bleachers, y'all. I don't know. Yeah. No. <laughs> we need a marketing. Blums, y'all. <laughs> what do you say? I mean, you have plenty of shirts about what you say on air, but we'd kind of need one that's a little more. Um, I was
2: going to say, it's similar. not as universal as baseball, y'all, or champs, yeah. y'all. And she kind of, yeah, yeah. you know, she, but she's Texan. And she yeah. took the y'all, y'all?
1: Yeah. Well, it did not have to be y'all. I got We got to brainstorm that one because we could have a shirt where- Yeah, maybe we would just put know.
2: sucka. S-U-C-K-A. <laughs> sucka. Baseball sucker. Do you sucka? say that on- Do you say <laughs> that can, on- I um, could start.
1: Yeah, oh, you get get, fired, he's like, I could start. <laughs> I get fired. <laughs> you know, you could wear the T-shirt under your orange sport coat, you know, and just give it. Yeah, the exactly. Little, hey. or, or I just Whatever. send
2: like all my dress shirts to Marco and have him like stitch it, you know, right, at, oh, right, right, yeah. where the hog logo is, right there on my chest, and just be like puffed out every time I'm on air. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would actually shirt, be, really cool.
1: That'd be really cool. That would be really cool.
2: You know, we could start with like Clay Hensley, who's who's does pre and post for us. He he's a good conversation and. I was actually on the field, Marco, I hope somebody's taking notes because i got to remember this and I'm old, um, is that uh, Clay Hensley was the guy that gave up, I think, home run number either 714 or 715 to Barry Bonds. Right. And I was actually playing second base that day. Right. And it was one of the hardest games I've, probably the second hardest game I played because I wanted to watch the game. Uh, the right. first hardest game was my my first game in the big leagues because Tony Gwynn was playing, I was playing against right. San Diego. And I was, I just stood there like I felt myself just standing there, literally watching Tony Gwynn hit. I was like, <laughs> You're watching and then him it, hit, going, please yeah. don't hit the ball to me. <laughs> no, he like, it literally, he fouled one off. And I was like standing straight up and I kind of flinched oh. and I was like, oh shit, I got to play. <laughs> it's like, but I'm, God, I'm watching him. everything he did. Uh, but that also, that game, I was playing, we were playing like, it was like when shifts first started to come around, but I was playing like shallow right field because uh, he was up and I was playing second base. And I remember all of a sudden, you kind of in that ready position, then a pitch is thrown. You start to stand up a little bit, and you can kind of feel the moment coming. And I remember sitting there. hit an opposite field home run. I was just like, oh, he did it. And then I was like, I'm here. And it was just like this surreal, like, you know, Fantasia-type moment where I was just watching everything from the outside. Um but Clay Hensley would be good. I know that Michael yeah. Bourne. I just had a, I just had him on air. Michael Bourne would be a fun conversation because he's a member of the Players Alliance. Um, oh, you know, man. they're really active in trying to encourage you know that African American community to get back in baseball. And he's got some nice. great stories. He's dude. He is. He's one of the most passionate, entertaining storytellers I've ever been around, which yeah. would be a lot of well, fun, and I think he'd be encouraging. So those might be yeah. the next two that we try and get on I here.
1: think that would be great. I really do, and I mean, I know we're just kind of discussing this while recording, so Mark can edit in. Well, I don't have anything I mean, to bring to the podcast today, so I'm really yeah. glad this is part of it. <laughs> I, I would agree, and I don't have a lot either, but – um but, yeah, and we can talk about people that were around. Like you said, Barry Bonds and Calvin Murray. I've told stories about him before. Mm-hmm. Like there aren't a lot of guys, like you said, that are African-American that that wanted to stick with baseball. And maybe the rule changes. That would be a really good question for Michael. Would oh, be man, about yeah. the rule changes and the, spe- the um, you know, the sped-up game. I mean, I, I just read an article yesterday. Was it the... There was a doubleheader just under four hours or just at four hours
2: yesterday. Oh, man. D- Detroit oh, Tigers yeah, and Cleveland Guardians. It. And I think they, yeah, played, they played a doubleheader double just right, like right at four hours. But that, do you see how four long rounds. that second game was? The second oh, game was an hour no. and 50 minutes.
1: Yeah. So, so this will be the next part of the conversation. Will be isn't an hour forty five, hour fifty a little too short? Like, hey, I got tickets to the Yankees Angel game, and we paid, you know, whatever. This, I mean, certain stadiums, it's not ten dollars tickets, right? Like, you got to, you got to, you know, Fenway Park. Yeah, what's the ROI on that? Yeah, you're like, hey, we got an hour and 45-minute game. I paid a $200 for this ticket to watch the Yankees-Red Sox, and it was an hour and 42 minutes. You're like, wait a second. I had one mm-hmm. beer, and like I barely got to have a conversation with my buddy. There, yeah, now but you you're got so be much like, hey. extra time for activities. True. Yeah, and from a family. <laughs> well, especially around Fenway and Wrigley. Like, yeah, yeah we're, we're at the oh. Cubby Bear an hour earlier.
2: <laughs> yeah, you almost said, now I have to go back to my family.
1: Yeah, right. I did almost <laughs> say that. Yeah. Well, hey, when you golf, I, I there was a, a picture that came up in my uh, history when we went golfing uh, when you were out here over the holidays. It was funny. That's a, hey, hun. Blum's coming in town. We're going golfing. So I'll see you at nine o'clock tonight. <laughs> what time's your tea time? Oh, it's about 11. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, that should be the understanding is like there's going to be this window of golf and then there's going to be a window of other stuff. Yeah.
1: Uh All right. Yeah. Well. Good times. um, Let's see. What did I have? I didn't have a whole lot. Uh,
2: Well, you know what? what? Talking about talking about that quick game, it was kind of interesting. Somebody tweeted out, you know, an hour fifty. Do you know the there was a faster game in Detroit, and it was the uh, I think it was uh, Armand uh, Galarraga. Remember that uh, almost perfect game that was ruined by Jim Joyce? That game was an hour and forty four minutes. Oh wow. And and but it's more memorable for the fact that it was a perfect game yeah. that was not.
1: <laughs> that's got to be brutal. Like they can't the re- even put and an that was like re- and where's replay the-
2: review on that one.
1: Yeah, can't they retroactively? Like, didn't they take right? Reggie Bush's Heisman away and then they gave it back to there him you or go. something? Like precedent, we've got can precedent. We just, <laughs> can't we just give, give him the Galarraga perfect game. The perfect game. We we didn't have replay then, but you know he could be on the list. I mean, everybody knows what happened, but that's that's a rough one to do. You know.
0: Yeah, hey, aren't history. you the
1: guy that almost had a perfect game? <laughs> I had a perfect game, goddamn it! <laughs> yeah, Jim Joyce is. It
2: comes out crying the next day. I'm like, yeah. dude, I, I appreciate the the passion and the crying, but
1: yeah. you effed me. You, you flat out <laughs> effed <after> me. <man." laughs> hey, much rather him do that though than do what we see. You know, like I mean, I don't think Joe West would have lost any sleep if that were him. Or yeah, he'd know? have been like, tough break, kid. Let's play the ball. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Boy, we could get into that with the Reds. Was it the Royals and the Cardinals that World Series? That that whole thing. Oh was, man! I mean, dude. So that that's oh. something that would be hard to sleep on. That's yeah. One. Go
2: back on some of the biggest Can we go mistakes We could do a replay. All right, yeah, the, the Royals actually won the World Series. Could you imagine? <laughs> or, that or the would Cardinals? Be incredible. That would be oh, <sighs> hindsight. Right. Hindsight. Yeah, I got a lot of that in life. What do you got uh, looking forward, Tuttle? Anything? I really-, really don't. Uh, yeah, that's a it's great kind of a question. boring week. Let me ask you a yeah. question here. It's something that popped up this week that I kind of made fun of. If you've traveled did, a ton that. with your kids, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I yeah, feel both like car. You've probably tra- Yeah, yes.
2: Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah, probably more just because my career has lented itself to more right. airplane travel. Um, did you ever get on a plane with the anticipation that the the staff was there to clean up every mess you made? No. Yeah, did you did you see this Anthony Bath story? It blew no, up. But,
1: uh, I don't go through any. I don't go through life doing that. You know what? And I will. I will answer your question. Then I want to hear the Anthony Bath story. The I get mad at people at an outdoor cafe that don't put their chairs back in when they leave the table. Like, and I don't oh, get yeah, mad you're at the them. shopping cart guy too. Yeah, that's right. Remember, we had an episode with the shopping cart. Like, it's not that they don't. You would do it at home, right? You get up to clear your plate, and you just kind of scooch your that, chair in. You get man, up at a restaurant, and people leave napkins and they leave chairs out, and you're, and then they can't pick up the chair, right? So it's like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, you could lift the chair. Like anyway, so you're getting me in a dark side, but no, I did. Somebody come out saying that I like they a the restaurant. Yeah, the restaurants uh, are supposed to clean up for me, kind of. Yeah, well, I mean,
2: I know you're paying and it's part of the service, but man, dude, if you're a yard sale, if your kid's a yard sale on the plane... Yeah. I mean, there is a certain expectation that you should maybe try and clean up after your kid. My thing is, is that this, this this situation, he tweeted out a picture of this mess of popcorn that the flight attendants gave his kids. His kids made a mess of it. It's everywhere on the floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe a little crass by the flight attendant just to hand a bag to the mom who's pregnant and say, pick it up after your kid. Pick up after your kids. Oh, that's not cool. But –
1: that probably you know, got him upset. That's the part. Yeah. That I think yeah.
2: So, I mean, there, I understand a little bit of that. But at the same time, it's like I've flown enough with my kids that I'm like petrified of them being loud. I'm petrified of them making a mess. I'm petrified of this. So, I would either buy like the extra seat or I would try and find a way to accommodate, you know, my situation so it doesn't roll over or overflow into other people's situations. But if I if my kid had a thing of popcorn and all of a sudden it turned into a yard sale where there's stuff flying around, I'd be like, shh, shh, time out. I need, you know, give me 20. Let's, okay, yeah. kids, yeah. keep the shit off the floor. We're yeah. not going to do this. We are yeah. going to be civil human beings. If you can't keep the popcorn in your face or in the container, we're going to take it away. We're going to eliminate the problem. Start at the beginning. You know, don't let it get to the point where your kid just dumped the entire bucket on the floor and you're mad about picking it up. Nip it in the bud. Treat the cause, not the symptom. (laughs) Thank you. Isn't that, and that's everything. Treat the symptom, that's exactly right. And it's the same thing I always try and tell my kids. I'm like, do it right the first time so you don't have to do it again. But that was my whole thing. I'm like, and then all of a sudden it just comes off you're a million dollar, you know, uh, uh, player, whatever. And it just looks like you're just, you're working for me. You know, it yeah. just came off so bad. Yeah. Uh I, I mean that's I, I think
1: well, no, it's a great question. You hit the nail on the head and you know, you said you like get off my lawn tuttle. I have a couple thoughts about it. One is Yeah, I I, I always refer to Gladwell. You remember Outliers, the book, everybody, yep. that was kind of a big popular book, and they talked there was a chapter around um airline crashes actually. <laughs> Depressing. Oh great. We're going on a road was, trip um, tomorrow. Oh, there you go. But uh but what Korean chapter? Airlines. I'll read that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll will t- t- text you. Um, <laughs> but it, no 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 but what it said is in Korean Korean Air had like, you know, 5 crashes in 20 mm-hmm. years which was unheard of. And it had a lot to do with the hierarchy, you know, of like, well, what language are they speaking? Well, Korean was kind of the captain's language, but English, they were trying to adopt that. A good and point, then everybody yeah. had to defer to the captain. It was like deference. But none of those crashes ever happened because of one thing. It was always because, like, we're trying to do something in bad weather. We don't know really what the coordinates are. And then we don't know the hierarchy of who's making the final decision. Like, it was always these big things. But I say the same thing to this popcorn situation, which is, Yes, the the air, the air flight attendant shouldn't have said, hey, pick this up. Like, it it could have been diffused on either side, right? Like, Anthony mm-hmm. could have said, hey, yeah, my I'm so sorry my kids are making a big mess. Do you have an extra trash bag or can you take the popcorn away from the kid or something? And then the flight could attendant could have out. said, oh, I'm sorry, so I'm
2: pregnant. Yeah, yeah right. And, know, was- and that
1: – so, again, this is like, all right, gave him an open bag of popcorn to a two-year-old instead of a five-year-old, right? There's an age thing there or whatever. I'm just saying yep. – they might not have known the maturity of the kid. The kids make a mess, the mom's pregnant, she can't lean over do whatever and then Anthony's upset that the lady was rude to it. you know it's like so now you've got a clash. So I think in hindsight everybody probably could have done something a little more effectively and I feel like that's where I've matured you know the get off my lawn tuttle is I'm allowed to say on this podcast how frustrated I get with people at restaurants like that look like they don't give a shit or they don't care. But I don't I don't say anything to them. I just think it's a it's a part of it's a microcosm of society. And I feel I feel like the customer service has gotten worse, but also as patrons, we've gotten worse. And I mean that. I Mm -hmm. throw myself in that collective. So it's kind of like when you have those two things, everybody's getting a little worse and a little less connected. You have to make an effort to be the one to, you know. Stick out oh, the man. olive branch, or you know, come across the aisle. And I think, you know, I hate to sound so measured with it because it's not as no, exciting. No, but, but there's
2: key pieces in there, man. I like, I like the yeah. just give an effort. I feel yeah. like the effort's gone both on customer service side and on the on right. the person side. Because right. Marco, you run a small business. I can only imagine. If a if a product isn't shipped on time, or if a payment doesn't go through, or there's a delay for some reason, I mean, this day and age, it feels like everybody can bitch and it's so easy to bitch and moan. But the effort to understand how the other side is is trying to handle the situation, it's not personal. But I'm sure you've got that
1: plenty, right? I am not Amazon Prime.
2: <laughs> you don't you don't it's have not, the drones going out the back to
1: door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. Every- a lot of people are like, hey, well, where's this at? I was like, you you ordered it on Sunday and I'm yeah. it's Monday morning. <laughs> give, me, <laughs> a, give
2: me That's a that's a bit. perfect a example hours. though. I mean, as good as yeah. Amazon Prime is, yeah, it screws bit. everybody else because all of a sudden you're pigeonholed. you're a you're you're a delivery service. How come it's not here? Yeah.
1: And you are you you have a obviously a clothing business, a t shirt business is your pri- you know, that's your primary thing. You know, I never sent you the link to that Ronnie Ching guy, did I? That I need to. That's the Amazon oh, th- Prime, Amazon Now. Did I send? I think I, think I sent you. Did. I think I
2: just haven't watched it. Oh, know, you got to watch Brutally it. But that's it. Yeah.
1: He goes, we all, no, I'm glad you're honest. I mean, it's hard to watch. Video. I, I tell my wife, I go, hey, here's a podcast you li- should listen to. And then three months later, I'm like, did you listen to it? She's like, eh, "Sorry." sorry. But Ronnie Chang <laughs> has this, like, we've become in this, like, I want it now. He goes, I don't want a box of pens. I want a pen. And I want it now. I want it now. I want, now. I want a black pen. Put it in a box, inside of a box with padding. And I want it now. You know, we do that with Uber Eats. Like, he does a great, like, give me the food and shove it down my esophagus. I I want it now. (laughs) Click. And he does this, like, little hand thing. It's so funny, but it's true. And to your point, too, if Marcos, Mark, if you get your orders out, Ninety-nine percent of the time, on time, like whether it's two-day shipping or it's you know regular ground shipping, like and it's getting there on time. It's the one person, right? And those are the loudest too. They get on and go, "Well, hmm. I really like the t-shirt. I like the merchandise, but it didn't get here on time." And so you get one star, and you're like one star for the one order that didn't go through. It's it's you know I'm it a, is frustrating. I'm a quality
2: over quantity guy. I mean, I don't or you know speed or whatever. I mean, if the product yeah. takes its time to get here, but I like it. Yeah. And I'm getting yeah. what I know I'm going to enjoy it, and it's well made or whatever it is. Yeah. I'll, you know, you could send it to me in two weeks, just as long
1: as I know it's built well, and I, I'm going <laughs> right. to get what I desired. Yeah, right. And delayed gratification is—I get used to that. My kids mm-hmm. are always like—they're tracking the ship. Like, oh, I ordered the, it's coming tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be here oh, at 7 dude. p.m. And I'm I like, the text I don't like doing like, that. Like, Dad, I ordered something
2: three days ago. Have you? Is yeah. it on the porch? They're at school. Yeah, I get I'm anxious.
1: Like, yeah, I'm like, no, no, no. Like, it'll be here. We know we ordered it. It's coming. You know, yeah. it's coming And I and I like that. So when it shows up, you're kinda like, Oh, hey, hey, oh, I God. got a box today. Sure, this so. is great. So we're it's old man mentality. Yeah, but I do I, I do think to wrap that up, I think you're right. It's like most things, it takes two to tango. You know, if you're willing mm-hmm. to apologize to your wife, the fight goes away. <laughs> yeah. If you're you're if you're not in the mood, why you don't know? you tell me, me that like not, twenty years ago? I know. Well, no, I needed that <laughs> advice too. I still struggle with it. But, but you know what I'm saying? It, it, I know it's, what you're saying. When you, when you decide to come across the aisle and mm-hmm. you are the one that's, you know, kind of being whatever it is. Is it compassion or empathy? Or, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. It's one or the other. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I get those mixed up. I get empathy and sympathy mixed up too. So maybe yeah. somebody could tweet and tell me the difference between that. Do you know what the difference between ignorance and apathy is? You remember that one? No. I don't, I don't know, and I don't care. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there you go. What's your happen? I don't yeah. know, and I don't care. Damn yeah. it. That's why you tune in.
2: <laughs> um, hey, there was some news. You're wearing the San Francisco lid if you're watching the Bleacher Blums on our YouTube channel, or if you happen to see a picture on uh, Instagram, at Bleacher Blums. Um, if you, it, so Logan Webb, I believe, signed a contract extension. He did. Talk to me a little bit about being a fan of the Giants and trying to understand what they're trying, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're signing Conforto. They tried with uh, Correa, Judge, but now you lock up Logan Webb, which I think is a great signing. I, I love that guy. But yeah. uh, does this is this encouraging to you?
1: It is. I mean, the fact that he's 0-4 with a 5 ERA right now is kind yeah. of like, ooh, you know, that's a little timing. scary, but, you know. But hey, I'd like to be in those shoes as well. I think there's a lot to it. He obviously was an instrumental part in their big run two years ago. He's a young guy. He grew up in the Bay Area. His family support. That's one of those. Yeah, I like it. It's like it. It's a feel good story, right? He's a homegrown kind of guy, and uh, so definitely. And I mean, we know the longevity uh, will work itself out in terms of ability. I don't think they would have signed him if they didn't think he was going to be a a, a long term. Rotation guy, right? Two or three mm-hmm. guy in the rotation. I guess he's the number one right now. But yeah, I'm sure he'll get that turned around. So yes, great signing, good addition. But you did touch on something that we talked about this off season. I like I've always liked the early contract stuff for guys because that, yeah, that wasn't a thing. That wasn't a thing necessarily when we were playing, at least when I was playing where they would kind of leap ahead to, you know, get rid of some of these, you know, service, you know, service years and negotiate down um, to a, a more reasonable, I don't know, pay structure, but you're making mm-hmm. you're taking care of the guy probably at under market, but it's, you know, it's more money than most of them have ever seen. <laughs> so it's <laughs> kind of like, hey, you know what? If I'm if I'm going to be, you know, 50, 60, 70 million dollar guy, that sounds pretty good to me in the future. Um Uh, That that works well. But I I will say the Giants are still missing what they went after, and you brought up the names Correa and Judge. And that's that's the big big challenge with the Giants, yeah. I mean, you know, Gabe does things a little bit differently there, but I do think he gets most of the guys to buy in. But I I just, you know, gosh, look at the teams that are at the front, Um, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox. And I know those are bigger payroll teams, but they don't just have – a face of the franchise, they kind of have more than one. And then they obviously have really good bullpens and kind of a linchpin. And I will say, watching the Giants to start the year, their biggest challenge is the bullpen. Mm -hmm. Their bullpen was actually pretty good last year with some of the same pieces, but I think their ERA is like five or six. And, you know, they're in a lot of low-scoring games, two to two, three to two. Um, I watched them play the uh, Tigers the other night. Um, we were talking about AJ Hinch was saying that his team's better than he thinks, and I know you've talked to him, and they were five and nine. They were up four to one in the eighth mm-hmm. inning. The Giants hit a home run, made it four four, but the Tigers end up winning that game. The Tigers won the next game in a walk off, and then you start believing AJ. Like, hey, look at them. They went from five and nine to seven and nine, and they look pretty who knew, good. Who so. knew it
2: was gonna take benching their highest paid guy to get them going?
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, it's funny. He got
1: benched for one game, and then he came back the next day and kind of made a base running error. I don't know if they magnified that, but during the game, um, (sighs) that was a little that was a different one. But he was on second, trying to score on a single to left field. He was looking over his right shoulder at the left fielder, and he Mm -hmm. saw him kind of come in to field the ball. So he put he turned off the gas. But his head was now not looking at left fielder, going back to third base, and the the left fielder dropped yeah. the ball, and the third base coach was giving him the you know the windmill, and he stayed. This was the day after he got benched, and it was kind of like Damn. one of those things, like mm, he's yeah. not doing the little things, right? You know that. Pick up your Dude, third base coach when huge. the ball's yeah. yeah. So anyway. So we're off the Giants a little bit, but the two things: Logan Webb's a great signing. He's going to be um, a good piece for a long time. Yeah. But obviously, similar to what we say about the Angels and some other teams, they just need a lot more. They need kind of a foundational player, a mm-hmm. linchpin, and then they need to they need to shore up the bullpen or get them to pitch pitch well. So, what yeah, about pitching the, is everything? No, let it, me throw it back it, to the Astros because the yeah. Astros are you know they're not <laughs> scuffling, <laughs> but they're you know they're, they're five hundred kind of right now. Yeah, right.
2: No, you're you're seeing guys, you know, play well. I, man, dude, it's amazing. Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker. I think those guys. I, I, I did Toronto radio before we got on this podcast, and they asked me a really, really good question that I never even thought about. Just because you know we live so much in the moment, and we live so much with this roster right now. You know, but at the end of their careers, who's going to be the better player? Kyle Tucker, Jordan Alvarez. And I thought it was a fascinating question because they're similar in a lot of ways, but they're very different in a lot of ways. You know, Kyle Tucker is just one of the more well-rounded players that you don't hear about. I still think that he's still trying to get his brand out there, so to speak, because he's so good on the the plate. Uh, He's so good with power, average, on base, uh, his defense is gold glove caliber. He steals a ton of bases. I feel like he's one of those guys, by the end of his career, is going to be like 300 stolen bases, 300-plus you know, home runs. He could be really, be really multi faceted as far as the numbers he puts up. But I feel like the pace that Jordan is on, we put up numbers comparing him to Vlad Guerrero Jr., who everybody just loves. Vlad Guerrero this, Vlad Guerrero that. He's played 138 more games than... Jordan Alvarez, yet he only has maybe five more home runs. His OPS plus number is 30 points less than Jordan Alvarez. And it's not to say that Jordan, you know, for the next 138 138 games is just going to put up goose eggs. But in comparison, Jordan's off to a better, almost a better start. And he has 138 more games to catch up to this guy. So that's where I kind of sit back sometimes. I'm like, dude, Jordan takes his walks, commands a strike zone, and when he hits bombs, he's hitting freaking massive bombs. And he has 20 RBIs through 15 games. And I'm going, this guy's on pace for 200 RBIs. Is he that guy? By the end of his career, he might be a 450 home run guy with like, you know, 1,800 plus RBIs. So they have the potential to put up some ridiculous numbers. But I think over the long haul, I'm not sure who I'd pick you know, at the end of their career. But I know right now I'm putting Jordan up in a tight situation, you know.
1: Yeah, you make a really good point. And this is, you know, our analytics argument all the time, analytics versus eyeball test. I do think, I mean, this is too high of a praise, but when I look at Jordan, Standing in the batter's box and imagine myself on the mound. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a he's a lot like Barry Bonds in the sense that I know. he has a really, it's
2: hard to make that comparison right? though, right?
1: It is, right? I totally agree. Ooh. And I'm not saying he is Barry Bonds. I'm just saying the way he commands the plate. He could be he has a and commands the strike zone. He hits the ball really well to left center field. Mm-hmm. he can yank those other balls and he lays off pitches that he d- he can't hit he's very patient for a guy who like you said hits 500 foot balls uh bombs i i just think that's you know that's what's impressive about him and i think it can be less impressive when you see guys like swinging and their helmet falls off or you know they're making this <laughs> strong effort to like they're up there kind of You know, it's all or nothing. Jordan looks so composed and so like, yep, that ball's in. I'm gonna drop my bat and walk to first base. Like it just reminds me of the mentality that Barry had. And I I think that's a challenge, right? Because Mm -hmm. you know, because you want to do so much, and we've talked about it versus other sports. You know, they might pitch around him in big situations, and he's willing to let them pitch around him. And I think yeah. that's the sign of a true professional hitter, because a lot of guys, myself included, would probably try to do too much. I'm gonna, I'm gonna expand the strike zone so I can drive in some runs here to win a game. Yeah, you. And to I you, think yeah. he's, yeah, he's very relaxed, very composed. And uh, you know, I don't know about the Vlad Guerrero Jr. comparison. I just know Jordans an intimidating figure, and mm-hmm. his numbers obviously support that.
2: Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about some of the rules changes again. Not get off the pitch clock. Well, maybe stay on the pitch clock a little bit. Um, and this is going to lead into – I'm not sure if you've seen the news in the Atlantic League. The uh, the It's an independent league owned by baseball where it's just basically a Petri dish where they just make up ludicrous rules and <laughs> and send them down and force these kids yeah. to play within it. But at the same let's time – Let's see how this goes. Yeah, let, let, throw, make them do it. Um but there, there's a series right now between the Blue Jays and the Astros, and there's two guys that are very interesting who had good years last year. Um, Alec Manoa for the Toronto Blue Jays currently has a seven plus ERA or a 6.98 or something crazy like that. And he's openly said that the pitch clock is messing with him. He's he's a he's a large human. He's like 6'5, 260. I mean, he just takes up a lot of space. And he said he, he's saying that he's having trouble working within 15 and 22nd clock, and it's affecting his pitching. Uh, We just saw Kevin Gosman. He had to alter his delivery to accommodate the, the new rules. And then there's another guy, Luis Garcia, who they took away his rock the baby move to kind of get his momentum going. And I think he's lost maybe a mile an hour, mile and a half on his fastball. Do you... And we're in three starts into it, so I mean the, the the data is still relatively small as far as sample size, but the fact that Manoa is talking about it, Luis Garcia hasn't said anything about it. But you know, watching some of these numbers, you're going, okay, that doesn't match up with who I think this guy is, and the same thing with Luis Garcia, who has now currently has a seven point seven one ERA. How much of that is true? I mean, do you really believe that these guys are having a tough time uh, uh, acclimating to the pitch clock and the speed of this game, and it's affecting them?
1: I I do. I mean, I, I would be okay. curious to hear your side from a hitters. I mean, maybe the hitters haven't been as outspoken. Uh, I'm sure yeah, they really have haven't. Said, I've been surprised. Oh. Well, there you go, because you brought up the the pitchers that mention it. I'm not saying that it's affecting all the pitchers, but I I, I you have to think it's a real thing if. What got you success and, the, you know, I mean, I go back to the money ball thing, right? When you got the guys throwing sidearm and underhand and, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Like um, ha- uh, Javier, Lopez, Javier Lopez, the pitcher, not the Raves catcher. Um, yeah, he had drop down. Javier- yeah, he he was a fourth round pick with the Diamondbacks when I played there. Good guy, really nice guy out of Virginia. Um, obviously, ended up having a lot of success, winning a couple World Series, maybe three—one with the Red Sox <laughs> and two with the Giants. And he altered his delivery. He spent a whole offseason altering his delivery to try that—you know—kind of like down. Yeah, he was—he wow. was a normal pitcher. He was a kind of a three quarters like well, left-handed guy. When he was
2: drop down. It wasn't. It was not comfortable.
1: No, it, and that's what he spent a whole off season doing. So what I'm saying is, he was one guy in college. You know, he, he actually threw hard and
2: he got. He tried to adapt to be right. better, as opposed to yeah, I got you.
1: Yeah. And I think these guys will adapt. That's the other thing is I hope Alec Manoa is not like, oh, this is never going to happen. I mean... Just being stubborn it, and fight the... Yeah, it's you know, harder it. for certain guys to do it, but if you spend an offseason, it's like weightlifting. Like, you know, hey, I'm going to put on 10 pounds of muscle so I can hit the ball farther or I'm going to, you know, work on my delivery I'm going to work on a pitch. I think it just happened suddenly and maybe he didn't expect it to affect him as much and now he's, you know, obviously out. Maybe somebody asked him about it and he was out outspoken, but mm-hmm. I do think... Think about it. You spend your whole life trying to tweak things. Uh, You weren't going to be a switch hitter at Cal. That's a good example. And Seven said, hey, if you want to play, you got to be a switch hitter. And so you started working on that. I I don't think it happened overnight, right? Fall ball, you know, and then Mm -hmm. maybe one season. And then you're like, okay, I finally got comfortable doing this. I do think there is a period of adjustment. And we expected that with the rule changes. I'm sure maybe it's just, there haven't there haven't been as many players outspoken but I've got to think there are probably more pitchers and hitters affected by it than we know and we got to kind of let it regress mm-hmm. to the mean in the sense that we'll see what effect it has. I don't know I, what you I think. actually agree
2: with that. No, I agree with okay. that. I think the pitchers have been more outspoken for whatever reason, and I, you know, having talked to a couple of hitters behind the scenes, and I think Martín Maldonado actually pointed to it, and that in and he's an interesting conversation just because he's on the catching side having to deal with the pitcher, and then he's a hitter on the hitter side, so he gets you know both worlds yeah. basically, yeah. and he kind of said, you know what, it just feels. It feels like it's five seconds off. Like if you gave it a 20 and 25 second, you'd be able to adapt a little bit better. And I still feel like they're as stubborn and as idiotic as Rob Manford can be. I still feel like at the end of the month, they're going to look at some of the numbers and maybe, maybe adjust a little bit to those. So hopefully that happens.
1: I think um, you keep bringing you keep bringing that up, and maybe you know things that I don't know. But the players' association and the and the owners probably are talking behind yeah, the behind scenes. The I scene, agree with yes. you. Yeah. If you got these games down to hour and forty seven minutes, that's probably not what you were thinking. You were like, oh well, we thought like two two fifteen, but man, these things are flying by. Like you mentioned mm-hmm. yesterday, or we talked about the double header that was, you know, both games were four, four hours an hour. Yeah, four hours to have, you know, two play 18, eighteen innings. innings? That's Oof. impressive. So, so my point being that maybe that's even a little fast for them, from you know beer sales and revenue and parking and an event like you said out at the ballpark, and maybe they will adjust. And I think if the players adjust and the owners adjust and we as fans adjust, I, I've actually been you know pleasantly surprised at the rule changes, but we'll still put the asterisks there. And I mentioned this yeah. to a guy that I was talking to yesterday. The asterisks for the postseason. You know, if you're in the seventh inning of a Yankees Red Sox game, or a Dodgers Giants game, or an Astros Yankees game, and you've got two like the bullpens going at it, and it's one-one, you do not want that to speed up. You want you want all the build that
2: energy, either that drama, yeah.
1: That's right. You want all the drama and all the high leverage and all the intensity that you can get out of that moment. And so I will, you know, I will, I guess, reserve my right to say, hey, let's see what they do with the clock after the first month. And maybe they can make an adjustment. Maybe uh, the players and the owners will agree. And then uh, ultimately, what that'll mean for the playoffs. Because we don't want an hour and 47 game six. (laughs) <laughs> for yep. the World Series, right? I mean, you would agree with that. No. We do not want Oh, it's an hour and 45 minutes. Yes, the Astros are champs. The celebration's been shortened. We have a time clock on the sh- we have a ce- time clock on the celebration. Celebration cannot be longer than an hour. You're like, "Wait. <laughs> 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 we got to clean up the stadium and get out of here." Like, right? Uh, There's all kinds yeah, of stuff. Tied that to would it. suck.
2: Yeah, that would that would thoroughly suck. Um, so we talked about the Atlantic league, Atlantic league, and it is an independent league. And that's basically where major league baseball goes. We're going to try this and see how it goes. And they introduced, I don't know if you saw it. I know, I know they introduced a couple of different rules, but at the same time, one of the big rules, it's called the double hook. Have you heard of this?
1: Have not. Gosh, oh, I thought they were this introducing is a ghost runner or something or a, a well, they,
2: well they were they want to introduce oh. so I'll give you the easy ones first. Oh, they sorry. want to introduce a pinch right. runner. They want to have yeah. like this interchangeable runner that you can throw on the field anywhere, anytime. <laughs> go for it. I, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. doing that in the front yard. So th- th- they want to play backyard. <laughs> we did baseball. that all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, You're one, like, one was two on two, and then the other guy had to hit. We had a ghost runner, and then you replaced yourself yeah. on second guy base. Who made the and last
2: then, out. You throw him out there. You know, you'd go <laughs> for it. Um, it, it. Well, it would be great. That would open up an opportunity for a super fast guy to have a spot on a yeah. big league roster if that ever came Absolutely. into fruition. But. Yeah. Uh, the other one was uh, cutting down on the number of disengagements or pickoffs. They want to do one pickoff. <laughs> I I, that that seems a little yeah. extreme. Two two feels extreme if you are actually trying to protect against a stolen base. Yeah. But uh, getting back to the double, double hook. hook. So this is a rule that says if you have to pull your pitcher before that pitcher has pitched five complete innings, you lose your DH. So, not only would you have to replace your pitcher, your pitcher would have to go into that DH spot and you would lose your designated hitter. Tuttle, I can see the wheels turning. What What's going through your skull right
1: now? Yeah. I, get, I want a bat. I don't want a K100. Give me a, I'm going to look for a <laughs> C243.
0: Drop some head
1: drop some head yeah I'm gonna hit and it's probably but my first thought is what if I'm that guy hit. yeah you have four innings you give up 10 runs and you're in the shower and they're like all right we gotta Thank we you. lose it but it's gonna be some other guy hitting you're not gonna go up there grouchy like hey I just gave up a 10 spot now I gotta friggin swing but you're gonna, gonna you're gonna lose the guy that
2: pitched. you're gonna lose your yeah. DH you're gonna be forced yeah. to use your bench double switches yeah. you're gonna be using yeah. pinch hitters you yeah. gotta go to the bullpen that means you're gonna use more bullpen pitchers yeah. but how about if you're the guy that's on the on the on the mound who has absolutely dog shit coming out of his arm <laughs> and he's getting absolutely railroaded yeah. his era went from a three and a half to a seven and a half yeah. and you still yeah. got to. and your coach comes out and goes hey man i need you to eat another seven outs somehow right. find a way because i don't want to lose my Please. dh are you kidding me and what if you're the dh and you're sitting there on the bench and you're like man this son of a bitch better get through five innings man i don't yeah, want i got right. one at bat i need more
1: that's, that's right. messed up cr- you're going to create some animosity. The other thing to your point is you want the DH in there to get you a chance to come back in this game, right? Yes. I mean, unless it's unless it's six to six and you're struggling and both starters are out and now you're playing this free-for-all game where it's like all right (laughs) we're both using our benches right it's kind of the old like we only had 10 guys show up today will you guys go with 10 yes okay great like now you're doing this negotiation with the other (laughs) yeah with the other manager like all right if you take him out i'll take my guy out but i i don't know i mean like you said it's a petri dish it's an experiment and that's something gosh we've we've made tons of adjustments in the last five years, let's say, with actually Quickly, no DH, yes. yeah, universal DH, so the pitcher doesn't hit anymore anyway. Um, mm-hmm. No, you know, obviously the rules that we've talked about consistently expanded no,
2: rosters,
1: right? Yeah. The right number of guys, like no shift, uh, the right number mm-hmm. of guys on the side of the, you know, on, on the field, uh, the, the clocks, everything. I just think, you know, I mean, I I don't at think what, this is going to stop
2: at some point, don't we? I mean, you right. can't just
1: keep firing.
2: crazy ass ideas out there
1: anyway the uh but i i I don't know i mean what do you think about it i don't i so yes they try these things out but they've also tried things out that they haven't done right the bigger base obviously made it in some of the other things made in but didn't they try like moving the mound back or lowering the mound they tried they did that didn't work that didn't work so maybe this will just let's let's put this one on the pile though of it won't work i mean but think about a manager
2: earlier about like, like these, like we're okay. We adjusted to these. We're like, okay, this makes sense. This may, but they're all in the regular season. Yeah. You know, at what point do you draw that line and say, okay, we need to, okay, they're playing for big money. They're playing for big stakes. You know, how do we handle this? Do we just continue going down this road? And if it happens, it happens. We just take it on the chin and say, suck it. You yeah. know, I don't know if that's the right idea.
1: No, not in and you br- you brought up the best point, right? Not in a playoff series, best of seven. You're in game four, and you didn't mm. want to bring your game one starter back, right? You wanted to buy him yeah. extra day. You're up two to one in the series, and now you're in game four, and you're going to do a bullpen by committee. So you're trying to get three innings out of Ryan Stanek, let's say, right? I want to get three mm-hmm. innings out of this guy, and you take him out, and all of a sudden now you're in this situation where it's like, all right, we lose the DH. We're, you know, I mean. You don't want that, and so again, it's great to have the petri dish. It's great to look at these things in a in a you know maybe a, a, a statistical like hey regular season, but mm-hmm. playoff baseball like playoff hockey and the NBA. This is the only time I start watching the NBA <laughs> is yeah uh, and hockey that, too same thing. Right, that's where the revenue is really made. That's where you build your fans and your you know your intensity. And I think that would be a that would be a troubling addition to the rules if that was something they implemented especially in the high leverage games
2: yeah i agree um what do you got planned this week anything good
1: um i do i do have um nothing planned uh tyler still <laughs> you got
2: my hopes up by saying it that way i was like well, well I, had, you I had
1: one other thing to mention but oh, the uh okay. no 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 you didn't do anything wrong it's just a little stupid thing at the end um so stay tuned for stupid things at the end. I mean that's a fantastic lead in, <laughs> a hook, not a double hook, but a hook. Not a double hook, just um, a hook. No, no, no. So usual activities: soccer games, uh, flag football games with the same daughter. Um, nice. But Tyler is still has not made a choice for institution uh, of higher learning. So they're going to go to Colorado. They're not going to Colorado. I guess Addy has to work this weekend. So they did Davis last week, Washington mm-hmm. the week before. Washington's really high on the list. That's a great football spot. school. They're going to be know, good. Right? They're going to be in the top fifteen this year. That Penix, the quarterback, is you know, yeah, he's dude. wanting to go for the national championship. And it's so a good a, city
2: to visit, man. That campus is, is
1: great. Uh, I can't wait. I'm going to. Are you going to pull your
2: yacht up to the to the end oh. of the, at the end zone and and party
1: tailgate out there oh. on your yacht? Yeah, for sure. You know, I have a yacht. <laughs> you know who to invite, right? I have a yacht, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yacht, y'all. <laughs> yeah, two Y's. Hey, that's our new one, yacht, y'all. No, uh, so, but I, I just know I'll have a purple Husky sweatshirt if that happens. And then, co- so they're going to Colorado. So that's the plan. So we have one more college visit, it's Colorado. Mm-hmm. Good and one. And then he'll make a decision. I will say this on air, since folks know Dr. Meredith Wills, I only know one astrophysicist. My son is wanting to major in astrophysics. Hey. She actually. So I uh, know she went to Harvard and then she went to Montana State to get her masters and doctorate but she taught and was a, a faculty at Colorado. So I spoke ah. with her offline and said, "Hey, do you have any recommendations like Washington, Colorado?" That she goes, eh, "She goes, I'm a little biased." So he's going up to Colorado, so we That's will touch cool. base with Yeah, touch base with Dr. Meredith Wills again, either on air or off air to see if uh, you know, see if she can help facilitate the decision and, you know, the mm-hmm. right right like a, the right path but both that's like cool. us as well you know we didn't know our path i mean maybe baseball is no. a little more driven but it's kind of like my son says he wants to be an astrophysicist he is a very good math and science uh major like brain like he knows what he's doing there yeah. but uh but we'll see man i mean he's gonna change i i i have feeling like that's pretty you know, cool though that's something. exciting so. It is exciting. exciting. The decision's exciting. You went through this with all your girls, and I guess are they all so? Oh, dude. Three at Arkansas and one at LSU. Is that That, that's that is confirmed.
2: Yes, oh, we actually awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it is awesome. It's it's so cool. Uh yeah. It actually is it's it saves the sanity a little bit too, knowing that yeah. we only have two colleges instead of four. Yeah. yeah. Uh but yeah, one of them splintered off and just said, Hey, you know what? I wanna yeah. be my own person and she's she's it. gonna make a run for it. Yeah. That's so part awesome. of me's scared for her because that support group yeah. isn't gonna be there, yeah. but at the same time yeah. you're like, Go, girl.
1: You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just looking at your pullover, your Hogs pullover, your Arkansas. Are you going to have to get oh, one man. of those pullovers? I know they're not actually yes. playing on the team, but where it's cut down the middle, you're going to have LSU on this side and Hogs on this side. And well, I got to do it Bregman, like, in quarters.
2: I'd have like an arm that was like yeah. LSU and the rest would be Razorbacks. Oh, there you go.
1: That's right. It's got to be three quarters and a quarter. But then yeah. you got to ask Bregman for some LSU swag, man. Mm-hmm. Now you got now you got something to talk to Bregman about. Like, hey, I got I one on LSU. Hook me up with oh, some, man.
2: some Bayou Tiger stuff. And it's already started to like, I mean, and they're already talking trash in the house i'm like golly man Ooh. this is gonna be exciting for the next four years Jeez, oh, that's please.
1: gonna be great yeah yeah it would be great having the it. one having the thumb over the other that would be fun this lsu mm-hmm. wins the football game it's like <laughs> christmas oh, i'm is- just gonna dig in Christmas oh. is going to be fun at the Blumhouse. Super fun, um, fun. All right. I have two things. Uh, one of them, I guess, can be off air. So bite your lip. You bite your lip eating, right? Oh, you are yeah, munching on lunch. You take a big sandwich and you bite your lip and you're like, oh, man, that hurt. How long does that thing take to heal? Like how many <laughs> meals do you bite the same spot? <laughs> that was my question because I'm like, that's the that's where the language comes out. You were talking about you're swearing a lot in the pocket. It's like, son of a – like, oh, and like then you're asking someone, do you see blood? Is there blood there? And you're like, Yep, yeah, there's blood. Like this okay, puncture wound in your gum. Yes. Or in so your then lip, you yeah. do that. How many meals <laughs> do you do it in a row? <laughs> dude, it's, I, it's, I counted three last week. I was like, I bit my lip, and then the next meal I bit the same spot. And then did the I drink
2: a cup of then. water and like get that ice cube and just kind of pin it? In they're you know. trying to like numb it up so I can take another bite in case I do bite it. Yeah, you got go to go to PT. it's all swollen up. I'm yeah.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah. I go, hey, do you guys have physical therapy for a uh, bit lip? Because I'm like, can I need guys, some rehab right this? here. I, I cut need my whip. <laughs> Sound like Bill Murray. Anyway, I thought that would be worthwhile throwing out at the podcast. Unbelievable. But sorry. Yeah, it's. It's a, that's the one of the worst injuries. I've broken bones as you have. And then have. it turns you into like a like, canker sore and it's there for like another uh, week. You're like, son yeah. of a bitch. Salty, spicy food. Oh, I just yeah. thought
2: about like eating a salty fry and you're like, oh,
1: oh. yeah. You're like, oh yeah, that's where I bit my lip. Anyway, really, that was the like one Like the thing. Cholula, the hot sauce that <sighs> gets in there. You'll just like sizzle yeah. you.
2: You're like, eh. yeah.
1: Yeah. So we are wimps, don't, man. Hey, don't bite your lip, fans. That's all.
2: <laughs> yeah, you need chew, PT chew, for a chew bit. Chew the though. lips
1: out. Yeah. I wish I had put more thought into that, but I would say I bit my lip two weeks ago and I wrote it down. I'm like, I got to ask. Like Everybody goes through this, but it is one of the worst injuries known to man. That's a good one, Tuttle. I like it. Hey, bit lip. Share your bit lip stories. How many meals does it take to heal a bit lip? And and if you have any recommendations on how to
2: heal it, let us know.
1: (laughs) Dear (laughs) God. Isn't that a grandma thing? Like, (laughs) grandma had this great way to- yeah. We got this like uh, antidote that you wouldn't believe. It was a mixture of mint leaf and cinnamon. Well, before
2: synthetic oils, we would just put an oil can on it. <laughs>
1: it's like, what? <laughs> synthetic oils. Or what was
2: that? Uh, put Windex on it. Oh, Wasn't yeah. Windex it, like, the, is everything. The, the big fat yeah. Greek wedding thing. They're like, just, oh, wow, here's some great. Windex. Shh,
1: put some Windex on it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't eat meat. I'll, eat, I'll make lamb. Yeah. <laughs> That's all, I, that's all I remember from the big fat Greek wedding. Let's close it out with our usual. Of course, on every podcast,
2: we like to give a shout out to the military, both veterans and those currently serving home and abroad. We always appreciate the sacrifice you've given to us to allow us the freedom to talk a little smack about baseball and other sports and just chop it up and continue our friendship via via this internet. And uh, we also appreciate all first responders, the police personnel, the fire personnel that go into harm's way, keeping safe and protect us and get us out of harm's way essential workers frontline workers uh, emts doctors and of course teachers who are heading into that summer season we appreciate all of you and i think we've got one more note from our good buddy david tuttle
1: and if you're over the age of 45 don't forget to get screened for colorectal cancer get after it and believe it <laughs> there
2: you go we can record
1: <laughs> i'm cussing a lot on this show by the way yeah you are Oh, damn it, Mark. <laughs> anyway, you can edit <laughs> Stop swearing, you asshole. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah. Fix it, Mark. Yeah, fix it.